our Bibles open. Let's get into this real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. We get into the word of God this morning. And we thank Giovanna's family for coming and being a part to witness that. Come on, give them a big hand as well. Come on. All right. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. When you get there, say amen. Amen. All right, let's read that together this, this afternoon. Ready? Read. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're talking this morning again on faith that pleases God. Faith that pleases God. Father God, today thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that God, you would continue to anoint me in these lips of clay. Allow me to speak your word with excellence, accuracy, and boldness. I pray, Father, you give me, Father, clarity of, of thought, clarity of speech, and I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts, that the word of God today may fall on good ground and produce, Lord, in us the harvest that you desire it to produce in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith that pleases God. Can you say that? Faith, Faith that, pleases God. that pleases God. All right, now, again, we were uh, blessed uh, to have uh, sort of an impromptu uh, message come forth on Friday night. Apostle Durbin and Mama Berta, they were here. Amen. Preached a powerful message last Sunday on active duty faith. Active duty faith. Hallelujah. Payday. That God takes care of people who serve him. There is profit in serving God. That's why God, what God said in the book of Malachi, I'm going to prove to you there is profit in serving God. That's what he said about himself. He said he'll prove that there's profit in serving God. And so we celebrated that. Now they were scheduled to leave out on Thursday morning very early and uh, got on the plane, uh, checked in, got on the plane, they were boarded, ready to close the door and the pilot comes out and says, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, all that weather system that was going through the north, uh, east and central uh, part of the United States of, of, of America, that whole storm shut everything down and they couldn't leave, and they were not disappointed. <laughs> they didn't cry the least bit, because if they had left, they would have gone back to ice and snow. And who wants to be in ice and snow when you can be in sunshine and all the sand? And so, you know, good thing they're rich, because they just went back, got another rental car, went back, got the same, same condo they were in. They just rented it again and uh, stayed a few more days. And uh, they did get off safely this morning, praise God, headed back to Frankfurt. So those of you who are watching us from Frankfurt, uh, y'all have y'all service tonight at 6.30 p.m. 6.30 p.m. Amen. But he, in the meantime, the Lord had given him a word because it was his intent to preach back at home on Friday. And so uh, he called me and said, hey, can, could I in some way use you all's church, your technology, 
to, to preach and release his word the Lord gave me. And I said, yeah, well, let me figure it out. And so I called uh, one of the most dependable people I know. I said, Giovanna. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most dependable. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 that when you're married, you care for the things of your marriage. But when you're single, you care for the things of God. So I wasn't going to call no married folk. A Friday night impromptu. And uh, she's single for now. Would I make your husband a deacon nest? It'd be a deacon, bro. That's a deacon's husband. Amen. Deacon's husband. Amen. First, first man or something. I don't know what you call it. Um, anyway, so Apostle comes and he, uh, they worked everything out and uh, he preached here Friday night. I don't know how many of y'all called that. If, you, if you're subscribed to our YouTube uh, channel because they uh, streamed on our YouTube channel and uh, he preached a message entitled Few. Powerful, powerful, powerful revelation. Prophetic word came out of that that God said the few is about to become many. The few is becoming many and uh, it's a powerful, powerful word. And um, that word has to be received by faith. And when you receive any sort of prophetic word, any revelation, really any word out of the Bible, it takes some work in our souls to receive it. You can't just come and hear a word and think, oh, it's going to work in my life. No, it doesn't work that way. If that, if that was the case, Everybody would be tremendously blessed. Everybody would get healed instantly. Everybody's lives would turn around just in a, in a flash. But what keeps people from manifesting what, uh, what comes through the word of God is uh, what we read the other night uh, over in Hebrews uh, 4, that the word of God did not profit some of them because they did not mix it with, with faith. So the word you hear must be mixed with faith. Must be. I wish uh, I could just preach the word and it just instantly comes to pass your life. But it's up to the hearer to mix that word with faith. To believe it. And most of that work takes place in the soul. Your spirit, hallelujah. Just felt the anointing just come on. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Your, your spirit grabs a hold of the word instantly. I'm talking about if you're born again. If you have a born again spirit, your spirit grabs the word instantly. But the work has to happen in the soul because that's the processing center. Your mind, your will, your emotions have to process that word and allow it to flow through to manifest in your life. Are you, are you with me here? And so uh, that's where most people fail in that area is the soul. Your spirit gets excited. Your spirit says, oh, that's why the Bible says in, in Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke chapter 8, when Jesus gives the parable of the, of the four grounds, he said, talks about the people who immediately receive the word with gladness. So you can get glad on a Sunday morning, glad on a Wednesday night, glad on a Friday night, but if you don't go home and work that word past your soul into your heart where it takes root and produces, it won't produce. And God wants you and me to produce. God wants some fruit. Herein is our Father glorified when we bear much fruit, John 15. 
Right? So we have to, have to bear some fruit. So to do that, we've got to let that word work down uh, past this area of our, of our souls. Okay? Now, I'm, I want to remind you just real quick on this matter of review, and I hope I don't just get stuck in review today. But it'll be all right if we bring out more in the review. But I showed you a guy in 2 Kings 7. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Samaria, the Bible says, they were besieged by a group called the Syrians, the Syrian army had come when they besieged them, they cut off all supply chain. You know, like we got here in America, the supply chain been bothered with. It's been, it's been cut off. It's, 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 a, it's a sham. It's been cut off, okay? Hallelujah, by the powers that be. And so this is what happened in Samaria. They, they were cut off so bad that people had gotten so, uh, so desperate, they began to eat each other's children. Cannibalism was on the rise. Hallelujah. We're not supposed to be cannibals. How many of y'all know that? Okay, I'm just checking because if you're not sure about that, I'm not going anywhere with you. Three people go and only one person comes back. You know, what's, what, you know, fat. <laughs> okay. And so cannibalism was on the rise then. And what happens? Uh, the man of God over 2 Kings chapter 7, he gets a word from God and says, listen, by this time tomorrow, there's going to be a turnaround. Everything's going to go 180 degrees here. And he tells this guy, he tells me, he said, tomorrow about this time a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seals of barkley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. This man is so on point in the spirit, he's, he's naming commodity prices. He ain't just saying God's going to feed us. He's saying this man is dictating the stock market. I need some of that wisdom right there. God, give me some stock market wisdom. Let me know exactly where things are going because I, I hate losing money. <laughs> I don't want to lose a dollar. And this man is naming the stock market, the commodity prices here. And so what happens? Uh, verse 2, there's the officer on whose hand the king leaned. He says, listen, if God opened the windows of heaven, could this thing really be? In other words, he heard the word but did not mix that word with faith. And because he did not mix, with, mix it with faith, he didn't just take God at his word. Then the, the, the man of God said to him, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. So the dangerous thing that people uh, uh, have an opportunity to run into is to see prosperity and not enjoy it. What do you mean, how am I going to see and not enjoy it? You'll see it everybody else. Everybody else moving. Everybody else uh, going prospering, going to another level, going to another place in God, in ministry, in their marriage, in their family, in their life, in their finances, in their careers, in their business, and you see it, but you don't get to eat of it. What happened? They're special? No. They just mix it with faith. They chose to believe what God said. Ask your neighbor, do you believe God? See, because if you have a hard time believing God, you cannot get anything out of this word. You and I have to make the quality decision that what God says, I believe. What God says, I believe. Whatever God says, I believe. Period, point blank. If, if my Bible says holy Bible, I believe it's a holy Bible. If it says genuine level, I believe it's genuine level. If the map says Jerusalem here, Judea is over there, I believe it. Speak out and say tomorrow it's going to be snowing in St. Petersburg. I believe it. 
Now that's if God said it. Now just because somebody said they got a word, I'm, if God says it. You got it? I believe whatever God says. Say, I believe what God says. Now I told you about Abraham. Look at Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. We looked at the other night, Romans 4, 19 through 21. I want to back up for a moment to Romans 4 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So y'all keep pulling here. Hallelujah. You just pull and we'll see whatever the Lord pours out. I'm just a spigot up here. That's all I am. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you, this is God's word to Abraham, I have made you, I have made you. I, now he tells Abraham this before Abraham has a child. He says, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who, whom he believed. Him, God, whom Abraham believed. God, who gives life to the dead and things which do not exist as though they did. Faith calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Faith talks like it's already done. Faith doesn't say I'm going to have. Faith says I have. Faith doesn't say I will have. Faith says I have. Faith doesn't say it's going to happen. Faith says it's already done. Do I have any faith people here in this? So God gives life to the dead and he calls things which do not exist as though they did. King James calls things that be not as though they were. He calls things. In other words, even if it, it's not uh, evident to the eyes, in God's mind, it's done. So the, the shift has to happen in us. That if God said it, we have to see it like he said it. And if God says it's done, we don't say no, it's not. Help me out here. If God says by his stripes, you were, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed, then I don't go and say I'm sick. How you feel? I'm so sick today. Wait a minute. Now I understand you saying I don't feel well. But don't say I am sick. See, oh God. There's a way faith talks. I'm all off. Put up, put up Romans uh, 10 and verse 6. Romans 10 and verse 6. Romans 10 and verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Faith, there's a way faith talks. And your speech will always tell on you. The Bible says not all men have faith. Your speech tells on you. See, you can't tell a folk have faith by how they dress. But how they talk will tell on them. Remember Peter? Peter was, when Jesus had been arrested, Y'all remember when Peter had been, Jesus had been arrested and Peter runs hanging out by the wrong fire? He had done, he had, <laughs> Peter had talked all that big talk. Jesus, I'll never leave you. Jesus, I'll always be here. I'm not, I'm not going to ever go anywhere. And then the people showed up. Peter drew that sword, but that was it. Jesus healed him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus healed him. You healed him. Oh, I thought we were about to fight. You, you healed him. Oh, man, we about to die. 
So all of a sudden Peter takes off and people came around Peter and said, Peter, aren't you one of them? Oh, no, I'm not. He says, people say, your speech tells on you. Your speech tells on you. There's a way faith speaks. Faith calls things to be not as though they were. Y'all got it? All right, let me get back on point here. Uh, I was in Romans 4, 17, right? Romans 4, 17, verse 18. Who contrary to hope, this is Abraham, who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became, so that he became what God had already called him. He became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your, your descendants be. Now watch, I showed you Wednesday night how Abraham's process looked. Look at verse 19. And not being weak in faith, not being weak in faith, he did not consider so faith doesn't consider facts. Faith ignores facts. If you keep talking your facts, I know you're not in faith. If you keep telling me what's, what you don't have and how many, how far you are behind and all it did, you're not, you're not talking faith. He did not consider his facts. So faith ignores facts. Faith doesn't deny facts. It just ignores them. In other words, uh, if your checking account is negative $3, faith doesn't deny it. I know I see it's negative three. But I ignore that when God gives me a word. No. If God gives you a word and says, I want you to go to the car dealership and get you a car today, and your account is negative three, what do you do? Now, y'all telling me that now. You're telling me that now. You, you're talking big and bad here in church. But I'm talking about when, when the real deal hits and you got negative three in your account and God says, I want you to go today and get a car. What do you do? See, because I've been there. I've been there. When I knew our account was negative, whatever, it, was just, it, was, it might not have been negative, but it was, it was, it was looking at negative. It could see negative. It'd have to make no long distance call to see negative. It's just right there. And our credit was so jacked up. This is before we were doing stuff debt free. But you know, God deals with you right where you are, right? And so we, we didn't have any, any credit and didn't have any money. And God told me, he said today, get up, get dressed, get dressed, dress up. He said, I want you to go to, go to this particular car lot. He says, and you're going to get a car today. And I don't even think I mentioned that to you. Because it sounded crazy to me. It sounded absolutely ludicrous to me because she knows just as much as I know we don't have any money and we don't have any credit. How am I going to get a car today? And yet I know God told me, he said, today get dressed up. Because I normally, uh, I was taking our daughter Alexis to school. She was in elementary school. And, and uh, I normally just put on little shorts and a t-shirt, take her to school and come back home and then get ready to go to work later on. God said, no, today dress up. And when you drop her off, head straight to the car dealership. I said, okay, all right. That's crazy. And yet, came home with a brand spanking new truck. Yukon, GMC, that blue one we had. Brand new. And those crazy folk gave us zero interest. <laughs> to be crazy. Zero interest. Our credit was so jacked up, boy. I don't know if I could have borrowed bubble gum from Walmart. 
but Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 where the word of a king is come on help me out somebody there is power and who can say to you say to him what doest thou what are you doing so I can tell my wife because she probably would say what are you doing and yet God opened the door you struggle to pay it? No, we, we paid it as far as, as far as we went. Then God sent somebody and paid the whole thing off. So faith doesn't consider the facts. It says he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he was bad off. His wife was bad off. Okay, verse 20. He did not waver the promise of God through unbelief. So, so faith doesn't, doesn't uh, let itself go wishy-washy. Stood up against unbelief. The devil's going to always bring you thoughts as to why it's impossible for what you believe in God for to happen. But faith ignores that fool. <laughs> you don't let unbelief creep in here. But he became fully convinced, verse 21, became fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he was also able to perform. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when you're convinced, you start acting like it's already done. Now, he became fully convinced. Remember, I showed you that Wednesday night, that word in the King James, the word persuaded. You look it up in the Greek, it literally talks about to be influenced to one side, to be bent. I'm fully over on this side here. And, and I was sharing with you Wednesday night that most folk, the reason why we don't get manifestation in, in these areas is because we aren't bent yet. We're still kind of straddling the fence on believing or not believing. We get a, we, okay, I'm healed, but a symptom hits and all of a sudden, well, maybe I'm not healed. Well, wait a minute. Are you healed or not? Because symptoms don't say whether you're healed or not. Uh, come on this side. Symptoms don't tell me whether I'm healed or not. Maybe I'll walk back to the back. Symptoms don't tell me whether I'm healed or not. My checkbook doesn't tell me whether I'm rich or not. What tells me? The word. The word already tells me I'm saved. The word already tells me I'm saved. The word already tells me I'm healed. The word already tells me I'm rich. So I don't consider those facts. I have, I have to spend enough time working through my soul issues to become fully convinced. See, convincing is a mind issue. Where's your mind? It's part of your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. So my soul is the area I've got to let that get convinced. My spirit knows it. But my soul has to know, okay, no, I'm rich. I'll do things like, I'll say, everybody say I'm rich. And people be like, I'm rich. I'm rich. Other people, yeah, I'm rich. Now, let me help you with something. The folk who yell it, don't necessarily mean it in the sense that they, they're fully convinced. But some of them understand yelling it helps them. Y'all ain't saying much. 
it because I got it. I'm yelling it because I'm trying to get there. And I'm going to be louder in my words than the devil is in my thoughts. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it. Some of you have not been violent against the devil's thoughts. He's been bringing against you in your life and you keep remember when, and I know I tell these stories all the time, but they, my wife and I, when the Lord blesses the movements of the house we're in, and it was an, it's an un, unaffordable house. It's unaffordable when we went there. It's still unaffordable. <laughs> it's still unaffordable. I don't know how in the world the Lord keeps us here month after month. And I remember in those first days, man, I got there and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already out of my element. And living in this, in this up-to-the-do up neighborhood. Is that a word, up-to-the-do? It is now. Up-to-the-do neighborhood. And, uh, and I'm living there and, you know, we're, we're kind of just intimidated just driving in. And, uh, boy, I, I'm, I'm trying to work things down to my level. So I'm going to cut the cable. I'm going to get me some of the little, little antennas. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm putting power strips. I'm going to turn everything off, turn, turn the lights off, uh, un unplug everything. And just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to work it down to where <sighs> I can handle it. Turn off the hot water heater. How do you do that? Turn the breaker. I'm turning my. See, y'all ain't never been there. I'm talking about I'm trying to work it down. See, now God's got us there, but I'm still struggling. I'm still, I don't, I don't yet understand the fact that if God can get you there, God can keep you there. that time I didn't know that. And so because I'm still, I'm still playing with the devil like that. I'm still playing with him. I'm, I'm still letting his thoughts kind of dictate how I operate. They dictate how I operate. So, so I'm going through and this is all happening. So one day my family, they're all gone. I don't know where they might have been out of town. I don't know where they were, but I'm in the house by myself and I'm in my room and I'm walking through my room. All of a sudden, I mean, I, the devil is coming against me so strong and he is like just yelling at me. You you can't keep this. You're not going to stay here. And I'm, I'm hearing it in my head. And I find out and I yelled out, we will not lose this house. Then the Lord started challenging me, leave the lights on. Nah, outside lights, it just lights just stay on all the time. Why wow, you ain't worried about, uh, you know, the cost of it? Well, it's, I think about the cost of it, but I'm, I'm learning something. I'm going to tell y'all something. You're going you gonna to laugh at me. You're going to laugh at me. But I guarantee you, you know somebody who's done this. It was so. It was to a point, Chris. Man, I shouldn't tell y'all this stuff. No, I can't tell you. This stuff. 
promise you're not going to tell anybody. This promise you're not going to tell anybody. Well, y'all online, don't tell anybody, okay? You ever, any of y'all who grew up in the country, you remember this. Where at night, if you went to the bathroom, if it was yellow, you let it mellow. If it was brown, you flush it down. How many of y'all ever heard it before? Okay, I'm not by myself. Which meant, don't waste that water. Come on, help me out, I'm not by myself. See y'all, boy, y'all. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Because y'all always been rich, always, always had plenty of money, always had plenty left over. It ain't always been like that for me. So even now, it's a constant fight. Those thoughts still come to this day. That I got to say, flush the toilet. See, y'all don't, y'all don't like me now. See, when you work in this area where God has given you a word, man, you can, it's, it's really a work every single day. All day it's a work because the devil is trying his darndest to keep us out of what God is trying to bring us into. I'm fully convinced. Bent. Bent in one direction. That I believe God. Now what's happening, the devil comes to try to pull you off that, get, no, get back over here, get back over here, and you gotta do something, speak out loud, or make some move, buy something, sow something, give something that bends you back over here. You hear what I'm saying to you? And God will help you with that. He'll, he'll I don't want to sow that seed. If you don't, it's going to pull you back over here. You got to boom. He'll tell you, go, go buy those shoes. I don't, I don't have money to buy those shoes. Go buy the shoes. What is he doing? He's trying to get you bent back over here. Oh, yeah, you got to make sure it's him. I mean, you know it's him. See, <laughs> If it's just you, it ain't no struggle. You just, I'm buying the shoes because I want the shoes. I got a shoe thing, I want the shoes. But when you're working on something, when you're working on something, somebody say, I'm working on something. See, when you're working on something, the Bible says God works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, you got to work out your own salvation, your own soteria. With fear and trembling. That's Philippians 1, 11 and 12, right? Yes, so you got you to work all that out. Yes, right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. 2, 11 and 12, not 1, 11 and 12. Philippians 2, 11 and 12. Right? Yes, so you got to work this stuff out. Right. Why? What I'm doing, I'm trying to be fully convinced. Right. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stuck on the introduction, I can tell already. Yeah. I want to show you something here about this being fully convinced. It's, it's, I think it's okay if we take our time. Because, because um, this year is full of promise. Turn around, 
wonderful works. And I don't want the person next to you to miss it. Tell them, I don't want you to miss this. We might have missed it last year, but I don't want to miss anything this year. No child left behind. No, some of you, this the year, this the year you get it. This year you, you get that job, you get that business, you get that house, you get that car, you get that spouse, you get that child, you get that turnaround, you launch into your ministry, you launch into your destiny. This is the year you get it. I'm going to challenge anybody in here in faith. I want you to shout at the top of your lungs. I got it! I got it! walking and living by faith. The Bible didn't say we gonna make a step of faith. That we gonna this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna just launch out and something by faith. That's wonderful. But we live every single day. Now God will have you make some faith jumps too. But you gotta be walking by faith. You gotta already be walking by faith. You ever seen those guys, they, uh, ladies too, they do what, uh, what is it called, the high jump? Is that the one they take the thing and they jump? Pole vault, pole vault, that's what that's with. But even, even, the, even the high jump or the hurdles, y'all, anybody here run the hurdles? Who used to run the hurdles in here? You run the hurdles? I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Who ran the hurdles? Now, did you just stand in a hurdle and jump? You had already building momentum. And you can hit a certain place, you hit your stride. Get a rhythm. And boom. Boom. You just boom. So people just standing. I'm just standing for Jesus. Wonderful. But walk by faith. Move. Move towards something. Y'all miss what I just said. You got to start moving towards something. That's why, that's why the devil tries to keep you from getting a desire in your heart. You got to have a desire that moves you towards something. God's going to put desires in your heart just for you. He's going to give you a dream. He's going to give you a vision. He's going to put a passion for something. Maybe it might be something financial. It might be something material. It might be something spiritual. It might be something in ministry. It might be something for somebody else that God puts on your heart. But move toward what God has. What he's shown you because as you start moving, when the hurdle comes, and there will be hurdles, when the hurdle comes, you're already moving. It 
it's easy to hit that hurdle and cross that hurdle when you're already moving. Because the standing high jump, that's different. This, no, that's, that takes more energy. Uh, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. All right. Look over here in Romans. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just flow with it here. Romans chapter 4, 14. Romans 14. Because I want to show you how important it is to be fully convinced. That being convinced is part of, it, it's, it's mandatory to your faith. Look at Romans 14. When you get there, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Verse 1, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. In other words, don't get in, into all kind of argument with folk over things that are not consequential or material to their salvation. Verse 2, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats what? Now watch this. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Oh, he, we can say he received both of them. Verse 4, who are you to judge another, another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Now this is important. To his own master. That means that whatever you're doing, it must be a direction from the master. Indeed, he will be able, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Verse 5. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Watch this last line of that verse. Let each be fully convinced where? In his own mind. So the convincing happens in your mind. You're a thinker here. And you're a thinker. Now when you're, when you're um, someone's trying to convince you of something, what do they do? They present more and more evidence. If any of you have ever served on a jury, how many of y'all have served on a jury? Oh, God bless you. I've never had to serve on one. I've always gotten out. You walk in and tell them you're a pastor. So far it's worked. I, I believe God will work the rest of my life. But what, what, uh, um, what that prosecutor or that defense attorney tries to do on behalf of their client is to convince the jury that their client is innocent. If you're the defense attorney, if you're the prosecution, you're trying to convince the jury that this particular uh, person is guilty. But what must happen is to do that, you present facts. You present more and more evidence in the hopes of fully convincing every juror that this person is innocent or guilty based on which side you're on. So for you and me to become fully convinced in our own minds, we need facts. We need evidence. Not from the enemy. 
the devil's going to present his facts. He's going to present his evidence. Where am I going to get my facts and my evidence from? I'm going to go into the Word of God. If I'm dealing with a physical issue, I don't, I, I need, to, I don't need to sit there listening to uh, on WebMD and, and Googling everything about what's wrong and how can I, No. All it's going to do is give you more facts for the prosecution. But your defense of the gospel comes from I go in the Word of God and I get more facts. Whoa. He healed Sarah's womb. He healed Rebecca's womb. He healed Rachel's womb. He healed Asa. He healed Hezekiah. He healed a woman with Israel blood. Come on now. He healed the centurion servant. He healed an old man's son. He healed the blind, the lame, the halt, the maimed. A man with a withered hand, he healed them. Then I come to church and I see he healed Sister Sadie. Sister, Sister Michelle, and I hear more testimonies of faith. What am I doing? I'm collecting more evidence to become fully convinced. I don't hang with folk who tell me, oh, well, you know, your auntie died of the same thing, and you know, your great grandma on your uncle's side, and you know, and this, you know, oh, oh, you know, and no. No, don't hang with them. I said, don't hang with them. Don't hang with folk when you believe in God to prosper you who tell you, well, you know, the man holding you down and you know they ain't gonna let they ain't gonna let no black folk prosper don't hang with folk like that that is stupid hang with folk who say no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses I will be with you if I meditate this word day and night whatever I do will prosper and he made a way for sister LaWanda He blessed my pastors. See, what am I doing? I'm collecting more evidence. Why you need to do that? Because I'm trying to become fully convinced. My wife and I, we were, we were recording yesterday for our uh, faith increase. And uh, I think it's going to be the episode probably three weeks from now. Uh, that's when we're on. And we're talking about the process that God took us through in, in, in cocooning, in, in, we made a verb, in cocooning. You know, a, a caterpillar has to wrap itself in this cocoon. Because a caterpillar knows instinctively, he's programmed by God, that there's something greater on the inside of him. Who am I talking to? There's something greater on the inside of me. And at some point, he, grow, he grows weary of just crawling through life. At some point, he grows weary of going nowhere real fast. Of some, at some point, he grows weary of being the ugliest thing in the tree. And he realized there's something beautiful on the inside of me. There's something great on the inside of me. There's a free spirit on inside of me that I gotta get out of the out of the inside on the outside. But to do that, I gotta wrap myself up, put myself in isolation, shut off everything else in the world, and spend time with God. Spend time letting God bring out of me what He put on the inside of me. And when He breaks open that cocoon, he went in as an ugly caterpillar. 
crawling your whole life. Ain't no more crawling for you. Ain't no more crawling. Oh, my God. You're about to fly and soar. Caterpillar got an inch his way through life. Just inch. But a butterfly, butterfly will go anywhere he wants to go. Soar for miles, hundreds of miles, thousands of miles. Anybody been tired of living a limited life? Stuck in this little small hole, stuck in this little small circle, stuck in this little small trap. God is saying it's time for you to break out into your butterfly stage. But to get there, you got to go into a cocoon, isolate yourself with God, and let him fully convince you that what he said, he's fully able to do. this chapter. I'm going to quit. Oh my God. I'm going to quit here. Look at Romans 14. Look at Romans 14. Romans 14. Shatara baka shatara lamanda shatara lamando koshika yarabasata reketara lamanda robokoshika yarabasata roka shakara masika Hallelujah. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. That means you got to do it for yourself. No one else can fully convince you. Do you know that people can give all kind of facts and evidence and people still won't believe them? Because they're cynical. They're just a person that just, just, no. They've already made up in their minds. Things are this way. And you can tell them, man, you're free. You know you can do whatever you want to do now. No, no, no. Not the man. Not the doctor. No, miss, my children holding me back. No, my spouse is the problem. No, you got to get convinced in your own mind. And all kind of facts and evidence that comes in your life. You got to open your heart to the evidence. Open your heart to the facts. Drop down, please. Hallelujah. Man, I have so, so many. I got some good stuff in here. Go to verse 22. Same chapter, verse 22. You see it, verse 22? Do you have faith? I got one yes in the whole audience. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. So when you know you have God's approval on something, you'll be happy if you don't condemn yourself. 
God's already approved your, your application. When you asked to be healed, God healed me, that was your application. Every time you pray, that's your application. God said, I approved it. Now, when you get his approval, don't, don't condemn yourself by saying, I don't deserve it. I'm not qualified. And don't let anybody else condemn you by making you feel like you're not qualified to receive what God has for you. Jesus said this, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Yeah, God, all things are possible with God, but they're possible to him who believes. So if you don't believe, and if you don't think I'm worthy, if you don't think I'm qualified, if you don't think I've been, uh, I've, I've been saved long enough, or I've been good enough, that's you, boo. But as for me, God's approved me already. He's approved my request. He's approved my application. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. James 1 5. Who gives to all men liberally and upright of not or without fault finding. So when you ask God for something, He doesn't go and see, well, I'm, I don't know about you because you know, well, you, you, don't, you don't qualify. God doesn't look at you like you don't qualify. Put up, uh, put up, Holy Ghost, help me. Put up Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13. Verse 12. I was one off, one off. Verse 12. 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who, who, who has Not the brightest star in the heavens, but has, as far as I know, it's past tense. Qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So if I'm already qualified, then that means when I come and I put in my application, it's already pre-approved. So happy is the one who does, does not condemn himself in what he approves. Now go back to Romans 14 and we'll close it right here. Verse 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Remember the whole chapter talking about eating. What do you eat, right? Because he does not eat from faith. faith. From faith. Y'all hear this? Yes, sir. Well, so-and-so, I, well, Pastor, I, I just feel like I need to go and get vaccinated. Well, do it, but you better do it by faith, not because of fear. If you did it because of fear, that's why I still ain't working. That's why I still ain't working for folk, because they did it out of fear. That's why they're still catching it. 
One guy called it Itchy Mitch Stitchy. Fauci, ouchy. They're still catching it. Still passing it because most folks did it out of fear. So if you're going to take it, take it by faith. If, you're, if you decide not to take it, don't not take it because of fear. Oh, y'all don't like that. Now y'all because of fear. Well, no, because I'm the people dying blood clots and I ain't going to do that. Now, if that's the reason you're not taking it, you're still wrong. You're still wrong. Just as wrong as the folk who take it because they're scared. You, know, you need a better reason not to take it than because so-and-so having a heart attack. Well, the reason I don't take it is because my faith is already set in God. So, as a lifestyle, not just in the last 22 months, as a lifestyle, I don't want their stuff. Why? Because I'm already walking in faith for that. For whatever is not from Faith, oh, help me finish, is sin. So a lot of folks walk around here in sin. Praising God in sin. Preaching in sin. Deaconing in sin. Singing Zion songs in sin. Well, because they're doing things out of fear. Not because they're fully convinced. Because you have some folks who say, well, I ain't taking it because what I'm going to do, I'm going to wait three years to see how everything goes to everybody else. You're not in faith already. You're, not, you're already not in faith. You're just going to take it now. Because faith doesn't have to see something. Faith doesn't have to see something. Faith sees something now. Faith, faith is the evidence. My faith, this is me. Let me say how faith to yourself. So this is my faith. I'm not telling you how to do your faith. My faith says I don't need any of your stuff. But we've been walking that way for 15 plus years. Glory to God. I'm bent. To one side. Thank you, Jesus. All right. That's enough. That's enough for one day. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands and just worship the Lord right now in this place. Just receive what God is saying to you right now. Just receive. Just sit and digest his word. Just a moment. Come on, after a good meal, you got to sit and digest. Don't run. You don't go swimming as soon as you eat. You just let that food digest for a little minute. So just lift your hands, just receive this and let it digest in your spirit right now. And make up in your, in your 
soul and your mind right now that I'm not going to let my soul block what God is putting in my spirit for me. I want to walk in that faith that pleases God. I want to walk in that faith that gets manifestation. I want to walk in that kind of faith that obtains a good testimony. That kind of faith that obtains a good report. I want to walk in that faith that makes God want to just take me. We start in, in, in Hebrews 11 verse 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch, he walked with God. He pleased God. That was a testimony he had. He walked by faith. So much so that God translated him. That he should not see death. <laughs> I deal with that more Wednesday night. <laughs> you will not see death. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor, everybody's going to die. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Shatakarabakita. Shombra kati yaramata kashi yarama sonde. Shetere liboko si karaba shatala la bakosete. Sondre kedere liboko si karaba shatala la bashita. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, somebody's faith is being stirred. <laughs> When a, when a surgeon goes in and they're looking for cancer in a person's body, they try to go get, it, get all the cancer out. Try to get all the cancerous tissue out. Doctors, surgeons try to get all the infection out of a certain area. Because they know if they leave any of it, it'll spread, it'll come back. And what God's doing right now for his people, right here, those of you that are sitting here, those that are, that are watching, is he's helping to get that last little bit of unbelief out. Get that last little bit of doubt out. Oh, you're going to see some things happen in your life this year that have all been stored up for you, waiting on you to arrive at this place of becoming fully convinced. Fully convinced. Fully convinced. You must be fully convinced. Fully persuaded. Until you drop plan B and plan C and plan D. Until you drop all the other options. Until your life is dictated by the word of God. I don't just mean what's written. I mean what he speaks to you. Yes. That it just drives you in every way. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Father, 
for the seed of the word that you've sent to us today. And I pray, Father, that the seed has fallen, I believe, today on good ground that's been ready, primed to receive the word of God. And I pray that, Father, these your people, as they have received, that, Lord, they don't let the word stay in mental ascent, stay just in their heads, but, Lord, the word of God gets down into the soul of our hearts. You say your word will not return to you void, but it shall prosper the thing to which you sent it. It shall accomplish that which you please. So, Father, I pray today that this word would do in us what you've sent it to do. Thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost to get this word out, to get this word revealed to us today. Thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost in us to receive it. And everywhere where there's something blocking, something holding up that word, pointed out by the Holy Ghost, show us so we can get rid of every barrier to us becoming fully convinced. And Father, thank you that these your people shall walk in the fullness of the words that have been spoken this day. And we believe we receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask before.